John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach into your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not yet seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Well, good morning, everybody, and thank you, Luke and Cameron, for that beautiful service, uh, time of worship this morning. I really appreciate it. I'm sure we all did. It's good to have you join us again this morning in Sunday celebration. Well, last weekend was a very special Easter for all of us, but I hope in the midst of the isolation you were able to spend some time in celebration and thanksgiving of the risen Jesus who lives and who reigns. About 30 years ago, a friend of mine, a very special friend who's a Christian leader here in Perth, was telling me about his frustrations over the Easter period. And he said that his desire was for the church to give back the public holidays over Easter. That's it. Let's just not have any public holidays, he said. Because that way, the general public could no longer use it as a holiday escape. And the church could claim Easter for what it was truly meant for. He said that it would never happen. Well, I haven't spoken with him over the last week or so, but I'm sure he is very happy that he saw it happen in his lifetime, albeit for different reasons, but the church is alive. Amen. Well, here we are one week on from Easter, and today's reading from the book of John continues to tell the story of Jesus after his resurrection. After appearing to Mary Magdalene, he then appears to his disciples, and in particular to Thomas. And these, these stories and passages tell of his response. The disciples had spent three years under the teaching of Jesus. 
They'd heard him speak many times of his death and resurrection. Yet when this actually happened, they chose to hide themselves away in fear. They chose not to believe what Jesus had told them. So I've named this sermon for today, Do You Believe? Well, there's belief and there is knowing about God. Knowing means that you actually possess knowledge. Belief means that you've accepted something to be true or you're confident and have a trust in something. Do you know and believe that Jesus is alive, that he is risen from the dead, that he's paid the price of sin, that he offers us eternal life with him? I was brought up in a Catholic family. I also went to Catholic schools for all of my 12 years of education. And every year during Lent, I was taught the Easter story. Every Easter, many of my friends would head off over holidays over the break. But we never did. Because for us, it was time to go to church. Not just once, but five times over the four-day break. The only day we got off was the Monday public holiday. Each service focused on some aspect of the Easter story over each day. And I can remember sitting in church at times feeling rather bored. I'd heard it and seen it all before. I did get one year off as I fainted during the service and had to lie down in the back seat of the car while the rest of the family sat in the church. There were many times I wondered if I could do it again, but I never did. Now, I didn't tell you this story to show you how devout my family were or how disconnected I was. What I'm saying is that I knew the Easter story well, very well. And today I'm thankful for the teaching I received. And I often think of the richness of those services and I miss them. On Good Friday in particular, the priest would enter the church carrying a huge cross, probably bigger than the one we used last Sunday. And the whole congregation would get out of their seats and follow him around the outside of the church building. It was a very powerful event. On Saturday, we would attend what is called the Stations of the Cross. Around the inside of the church, on the walls were 14 stations which depicted a picture and a step of the journey that Jesus took from his arrest to his death. We'd walk around the church, stopping at each station to read, to pray and to reflect on the journey that Jesus took. I knew the story of what Jesus had done for me, but this was knowledge up here. My belief and my acceptance into my heart took place much later in my life. And now I look back and I'm thankful for the richness and the depth it offered me. Do you know today it's 2,000 years and more since the death and resurrection of Jesus? Each year that is the time when Easter comes and we celebrate, we rejoice in the good news that Jesus was risen. Many of us know the story well as I do, but how many of us actually believe it. Many do believe, but there are also many Christians who, who believe it's just a nice story, but don't really accept that it's true. We all need to move from the knowing the story 
to believing it in our heart for each of us individually. The reality is that this is the most pivotal issue of our faith, the most critical. Because if we do not believe that Christ rose from the grave, then there is no victory over sin and death. If we're truthful, many of us would say at some point, maybe many points, that we wonder if Jesus is real. Did he really die for me? Does he really love and care for me? He doesn't seem to answer my prayers to him. After all, why would he care for me when he has the whole world to look after? I'm sure you'll agree with me that we all doubt at times. Poor old Thomas had been nicknamed Doubting Thomas. But sometimes it's nice to find a scapegoat. But Thomas wasn't the only one who didn't believe in these messages, as Francis read earlier. There was doubt. There was actually doubt in the other disciples as well. In these passages, the disciples are only a few days post-Jesus' death. They'd heard Jesus tell them many times that he would rise from the dead. They knew the script. And yet here they were, full of fear, huddling in the room with the doors and the windows locked, fearing for their own lives. Did they believe what Jesus had told him? Jesus appears to them, not concerned for himself, but for them. Perhaps he sensed or he knew their fear. He came and stood amongst them and said, Peace be with you. Can you imagine the scolding they could have received? Instead, Jesus holds out his hands and he shows them to him. To them, And again he says, peace be with you. In the previous passage, Jesus had actually appeared to Mary Magdalene and she too doesn't believe until he actually calls her name. He tells her to go and tell the disciples that he is alive, which she ran and did. But they didn't seem to be too excited by Mary's report to them. They were still hiding in fear when Jesus appeared to them a few days later. In fact, we didn't even see them jumping up to meet him when Jesus appeared. Their track record isn't really that much different to Thomas when they catch up with him later. We have seen the Lord, they tell him. Yeah, right, says Thomas. No, no, really, we've seen him. He appeared to us. We've seen him. It was him. He showed us his hands and the scars. Thomas's reply, yeah, well, I ain't believing it till I see it myself too. Can you blame Thomas? The disciples base their, base, their belief on actually seeing Jesus in person. Tom and Thomas wasn't there like they were. He just had their story to believe, although he too had heard Jesus tell them that this would happen. But eight days later, Thomas gets his turn to see for himself. And Jesus says to him, put your finger here and see my hands, Jesus said to him. Put your hands in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Jesus knew that Thomas had doubted the disciples and he also knew that Thomas had said that he needed to see in order to believe. What holds us back from believing in Jesus? 
Do we too need to see for ourselves to believe? What are the fears we experience which holds us back? Well, there are actually many things that hold us in unbelief and allow us to have fear take over and paralyse us, as it did for the disciples, for we're in good company. The news headlines over the last few weeks actually announce them for us quite clearly. The word coronavirus instills fear in many or even most of us. For it's an illness for which there is no known cure at this point. Job losses fear, fear us. Loss of income and a faltering economy. If we have health and medical issues, we're often fearful. We're fearful of broken relationships. We're fearful of not feeling worthy of God or others or ourselves. And when all these fears flare up in our hearts, it's easy to forget God, even though it's the very time we actually need to remember him. The disciples forgot as they huddled in their locked room. But Jesus doesn't forget us. He comes to us also with vivid reminders that his hands and feet are scarred because he died for us, for you and for me. He understands our fears and reaches out to us just as he did with the disciples. We can rejoice, yes, rejoice, in the midst of our fears that we recognise Jesus here in the midst of our trouble. For Mary Magdalene, as she stands at the empty tomb in fear where Jesus had been taken, she believes when Jesus speaks her name. For the disciples, as they sit in the locked room, they believe as Jesus appeared in their midst. For Thomas, in his disbelief and, in his disbelief and confusion, even when the disciples tell him the truth, Jesus shows him his scars and he believes. In verse 28, Thomas answers with the phrase, My Lord and my God. Not only is Jesus the master and the teacher that he has known for these past few years, but he is also God himself. That's what these, these words proclaim. Doubting Thomas goes past his fear and knowledge of who Jesus is. Thomas both understands and believes. And this is the very place where Jesus wants us to be also, to both know and believe in who he is and what he has done for us. Jesus then says in verse 29 to Thomas, You believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who haven't seen me and believe anyway. The disciples had a hard time believing, even though they saw Jesus with their own eyes. We don't live in that same time that Jesus walked this earth in a physical body. What we have is the written word which tells us what happened and the Holy Spirit who reveals to us God's truth. Those who read John's Gospel and hear the Easter story and the other Gospels have never had the opportunity to see his miracles or, speak Jesus, or hear Jesus speak for himself. But John wrote everything down, as did the others, so that people would hear about who Jesus was 
And when Jesus ascended to be with his Father, he sent us his Holy Spirit to help us to understand so that we might believe in him and have eternal life. Do we need a tangible touch from Jesus in order to believe? Where do we meet Jesus? How do we believe? Well, we can meet Jesus in many forms. Yes, even today, he is alive. We can meet Jesus in the scriptures. The Bible is available in so many ways to us today and countless stories have been written about people who found their belief in God through the scriptures. Have you found God speak to you in the scriptures? A few weeks ago we heard the story of the man who's given a book of the Gospels and used the first three weeks to roll his joints. Remember that story? By the time he got to the Gospel of John, he decided to read it and found real, the real Jesus through the pages. A wonderful example of how we can meet Jesus in the scriptures. We can meet Jesus through what we see. Have you ever seen Jesus through nature? In a rainbow? In a tree? In the clouds? In the very things around you? In the early days of the church, many people couldn't read. So the church has painted the scriptures in pictures in order for us to understand. And on Good Friday, we saw the artwork of some of the people in our own congregation. For me, they gave a greater depth and understanding of the Psalms they portrayed. They spoke to me, not just in my mind, but in my heart. Did they do the same for you? I know I'm a visual person, so perhaps that is why. But thankfully, I have them now in my house to be able to look at time and time again. And I hope you received your copy too. We can meet Jesus in the love shown to us by other Christians. One of the basics of the Christian faith is that we are called to love others as God loves us. To do something for someone else without any ties or consequences other than to show the love of Jesus is a powerful demonstration of God's love. A few months ago, I was in Canberra, where the church I was visiting held a month-long campaign to show the love of Christ. They set up a little stall in the middle of the city mall each day from about 11 till 2. And they just sat and offered to listen to the stories others wanted to talk about. No strings attached. At first, people were suspicious that they were wanting to increase their church numbers. But little by little, people from all walks of life started to come by to tell their stories. And by the end of that time, they had hundreds of photos of some of those people who shared their stories with them. It was a beautiful gift to the city. And during the same month, on one Sunday morning, they ordered 3,000 donuts to give away to the people of Canberra. They weren't ordinary donuts but they were iced and decorated with lots of different flavours that beautifully done. I helped out with some of the children in the distribution, which was a real privilege. Some people wanted to pay us for them, finding it really difficult to receive a gift for nothing. Others wondered if they were stale or leftovers. But many were touched by the genuine love that they'd been given in it. One way where Christians have shown the love of Jesus to others... <laughs> I'm sure that you've heard of many more. Have you ever done something for another person purely because you believe God is calling you to do so? 
Have you received a gift of God's love through another? I'm sure you have a story to tell that you could share about. Perhaps you could use the chat line to share with others later. It's always encouraging to hear God's love at work through others because Jesus reveals himself as we show his love to others. Well, we can meet Jesus in the depths of our heart. We all at some time desire to know Jesus, not just to know of him, but to feel his love for us deep within our heart. Have you ever heard his still voice in your heart? I know I probably told you this story before, but it demonstrates the drive that this desire has to find a personal relationship with Jesus. As I said earlier, I knew Jesus from a very early age, through my schooling and at church each week. As I got older, there was a deeper yearning in my heart. I didn't quite understand it. And I tried to fill the void by getting involved in church activities. But the more I did, the further away I felt from Jesus. I was asked to attend a conference with a friend and that night I realised my striving was getting me nowhere. I laid down this striving and allowed God to love me for who I was, not what I was doing. Well, God truly filled the depths of my heart that night to such a point that I will never forget that moment, which is probably why I talk about it. When we truly open the door to our hearts and put away the fears that hold us back, Jesus enters in real and beautiful ways. How has the Easter message this year brought Jesus' peace and love into your heart? Have you experienced the joy and the peace of what Jesus has done for you? That is my earnest, heartfelt prayer for you, each of you today and for me. It is hard for us to accept. Do you know we live in a culture that wants physical proof? We need something tangible to touch in order to see for us to believe. But you don't always have to see to believe. Having faith that Jesus did in fact do these things is what gives us life. As it says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We need to be sure of what we hope for, that Jesus did in fact die on the cross for our sins. We need to be certain that Jesus is the only way to the Father, as he said in John 14. We believe because he has defeated death once and for all. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. We can extend to him the chains of fear that hold us and they can be broken. And he will break them by the power of his resurrection. We will believe. One of the many constant prayers of mine are these simple words that someone taught me years and years ago. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And I quite often say them, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Well, some of you may know Luke and Jordan Lacey, two brothers, the parents of Dinah and Ian, who are part of our Billabong family. And over the past weeks, they've come to understand personally how much Jesus loves them. They believe. How wonderful. And as a response to this love, they've asked to be baptised. 
just as the early church responded in a similar way to the revelation of who Jesus was. They're going to share some of their story. I wonder how they came to believe in and accept Jesus into their hearts. What a celebration it is for their family and for all of us, their church family. Now let us bow our heads and pray for others and for each other. Jesus, we thank you that you died for each one of us. We thank you for the resurrection, for it breathes in us life. Help us not only know the story, but to treasure it, to believe it. Help us, Lord, when like Thomas and the disciples, we hide away in fear and doubt. Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. We ask that you come into the very room that we are standing in right now, wherever that may be, in Perth or wherever, Lord. Come and be with us in this room. Fill us with your peace and love. Show us your hands and your feet. Help us to understand that you died for us. Fill our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you, Lord, for the Lacey family. We thank you for the steadfast love that Dinah and Ian have shown to the boys, Luke and Jaden, for the many times they have shared with them the story of your, your life, your resurrection, your death, your truth, for the many ways they have shown them that your love for them. And this morning we rejoice with all of heaven as Luke and Jane, Jaden proclaim to heaven and earth that they believe. Fill them both with your love and peace. Bless them and keep them, Lord. Lord, may you bless and keep us all in the shelter of your wings and in the palm of your hands. Amen. Well, we're going to take a short break this morning. So perhaps as we take that break, you can share with one another the stories of how God has spoken to you through the scriptures, through God's love shown through you to one another or whatever way God has revealed himself to you so that we can believe. So please share that story with one another. And we're going to continue to take a short break and then we'll be live streaming a baptism right here in the Billabong. And I know Luke is going to give you some more instructions as to how that may happen. So may God bless you as he reveals himself to you today, as you believe and step forward in his love, his grace and his mercy. Thanks for joining with us today and it's been a privilege to be with you. <laughs> 